Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. So to get going, we're going to start a little bit here in the New Testament. So if you don't mind turning with me to Matthew 1, we're talking about who do you seek? And the promises were foretold. The promises of the coming of Jesus was foretold. And this gets pretty exciting. So before we even read anything, just think about the scriptures that you know. I'm thinking of some myself. But think, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And so some of you are saying, for me, that's awesome. He did come for you. And so I love it how this promise was foretold, and it's in numerous places. But we're going to look together in Matthew 1, 21 and 23. And this is talking when the angel came, a messenger came and talked to Joseph, Mary's fiance, and the, the messenger said this, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, what's the name? Jesus. For he will what? What's he going to come to do? Save us from what? Save us. Isn't that awesome? He will save his people from their sins. I love that. He came to save, save us and forgive us. 23 goes on to say, and behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does that mean? It says translated, it means what? God with us. Did you realize that God wants to have a relationship with you? He wants to be with you, but we have to invite him into our lives. I love that even Psalm 23 in that chapter tells us how surely goodness and mercy shall follow after me all the days of my life. Another way to say that is his beauty and love chase after me. Do you understand how God is chasing after you? He loves you and he wants to bless you. And you know, because people do mess up, he, he knew we needed a savior. So he said, I'm gonna send you my son. I'm gonna send Jesus and he's gonna bear the sins of the world. And I love how the messenger came and told Joseph that. He's, you're going to have, Mary will have a son, and he's going to save the world of their sins. Not only that, he will be called Emmanuel because it will mean God with us. God wanted to be with us. And so he's always trying to get with us, get with us. And I love this when you think about it. A lot of times when I was growing up, it was a very traditional setting, and they always acted like God was turning his back on us or running from us. You know, people might run from God, but God does never so you can see where Blinky Fun Club has a flop. God never runs from us or turns his back on us. Amen? And so that's good news. And so we're just going to stay in Matthew, but go on to Matthew 2. And this is where I just want to talk about how wise men seek the king. And that's who I want to seek after. You know, we've, it's funny, there's a certain age group when you ask them, you know, what do you want to do? There's, we've heard it a couple, couple of places. They'll say, I want to be famous, and I want to be rich. And it's like, so when you think of this as we're reading this, what are you seeking after? What is it that you want? And as my husband and laughed, I did not ever want to have a microphone hooked to me or stand in front of people. In fact, for years, my husband would hand me the microphone and he'd say, go encourage the people. And I'm like, are you crazy? Haven't you heard? I can't talk. And so he just didn't quit trying. <laughs> I used to give it back to him. So anyways... Just funny. And we're going to be talking about this. What happens to you when you seek after God? It is life-changing. And so I love how the Bible tells us about this in Matthew 2, 1 through 12. This is so precious to me, how the wise men came from the East. You're probably familiar with this. 
But now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, again, read with me, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. They sought after him to worship him. They came a long ways. They rode on camel back. I'm just thinking like how I like to travel. I personally have never ridden a camel, but I'm just thinking to go like a long, long ways. That's just not what I have written in my journal. I hope someday I could go on a really long journey by camelback. <laughs> I think like other things kind of come to my mind, but and I love animals, you all know that. But it says when Herod the king heard that he was troubled, we're gonna go on to verse four, and he gathered all the chief priests and together inquired them where this crisis be born. And so in five, they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, this star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And this is what I love. Verse 11 and 12. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasuries. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. But these wise men like sought after him to worship him. And this took time. This took a little planning. It took a little effort. It took a little determination. And then not only that, they um, sought after him and worshiped him, but then they worshiped him with their giving. This is just, they were exceedingly glad. And so I get so excited that we can come together and learn from his word. And I love it that every day we can seek the Lord, our own personal relationship and time with him. And so turn with me to Psalm 125. I love what the Bible talks about, putting our trust in him. So this is Psalm 125, verse 1. And it says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which what? Cannot be moved, but abides forever. I love it that when we put our trust in the Lord, nothing's gonna move us. You know, I've just determined, I don't always understand everything, but I've just determined every day that I'm alive, I'm gonna put my trust in him and it's just gonna stay there. And do you know how consistent and stable that makes your life? and not to be swayed by every different thing that is just screaming at you. And so I always love to give some examples from the Bible of when I think about what it, when we're talking about who do you seek, and you know, just everything that's just broadcast on social media, some stories of what it looked like when people sought after the Lord. Again, just like the wise men, nothing was gonna stop it, nothing was gonna deter them or distract them from them seeking the Lord. And for our first example, I want you to turn with me to Mark 5. And I love this. This is Mark 5, 25 through um, 34. So let me make sure. Well, I got to get in the right, right 
book here. I was like, that's not right. So again, and this is the woman with the issue of blood who sought after Jesus. And so again, look with me in uh, Mark 5, starting in 25. And it says, now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. So how many years had she been sick? That's a long time, isn't it? It's a long time to me. And had suffered many things for many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but grew grew worse. In other words, she really wanted to get well. And I like what it says in verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. So she heard about him and desired and sought after him. And when you really study the history and the culture of what happened, a lot of times, especially with something like this, this type of sickness, you would have been isolated and you would have been put away. So that's a long time to be put away and lots of rules and regulations about what you can and cannot do. And um, so it's amazing that she heard about Jesus and no rules and regulations or nothing, no people were gonna stop her from pursuing the Lord. And um, I love this. So she heard about Jesus and came behind him. This is verse 27 in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. In verse 29, it tells us immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? Isn't this interesting that there was just so many people here and the disciples are like, what do you mean who touched me? Everybody's here. I love it that you may think nobody sees you. Even when you're in a small group or a large group, you may think nobody sees you, but do you know the Lord sees you? And he knows and he sees us when we're searching for him and seeking him, and he responds. Have you seen that every scripture we've read so far talk about really how the Lord is coming after us and responding to us? But in verse 32, he looked around to see who had done this thing But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. In other words, he said, you took a risk of faith. Live well and be blessed. Some of you may have this amplified translation. I like how it says this in verse 34. And it it says, and Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith, your trust in confidence in me, springing up from faith in God, has restored you to health. Now go into peace and be continually, be continually healed and freed from your um, distressing bodily disease. Isn't that amazing? But go in peace. I want you to turn with me to something I really like. This is in Hebrews 11. And I'm giving you lots of scripture. I'm hoping you're writing it down. You can always go back and and hear this again, that the scripture's bring things to life. But this is Hebrews eleven six, and I like this. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And again, it's just another translation. It says, anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Isn't that amazing? This woman had heard about the Lord 
And something inside her must have said, you know, he's going to care enough to respond to me. And don't you find it amazing that out of all this, all the people out of all this crowd, she received something. She got that touch and he knew it. Do you not find this amazing? Again, we're talking about who do you seek and what does that look like in these stories in the Bible? What, what does it look like when people seek him, no matter what, no matter what the culture is telling you, no matter what people are telling you or people are saying, you can't be here, you're not good enough. Isn't it something when people say you're not good enough to receive something from the Lord? There's different things. We're gonna be looking at this scripture too, but I know when I was a teenager, I don't know if you remember, there was something kind of going around. Whenever you would go up and ask for prayer, I call it they would do that navel gazing, like, okay, what did you do wrong? You must have done something wrong to make this happen. And, um, and that's just a bunch of nonsense because we already talked about Jesus came to forgive all the sins. The Bible says we have all fallen short of the glory. We all need a savior. We all need a personal relationship with him. But it's about how much he loves us, hallelujah. But it's not about, okay, what did you do wrong? I love how the Bible says in um, John 10, 10 at the end, how Jesus came that we would have life and have it what? More abundantly. And that just wasn't taught in the churches that I grew up in. It was always taught that God was mad at you and that is so far from the truth. He is running after you. He is running after you, trying to catch up with you. You know, some of you, you can relate to this. And it's just the best way I can think of an example. But, you know, we raised children, we loved our children, now we have grandchildren, and we have six of them, and they're all little. And a couple of them come here, and one of them just turned three, and she can run fast. And we're always running after her, maybe because she's about to go through a doorway that she doesn't need to go through. Something about little kids, I've seen other people's kids here do the same thing. Something about when the doors are open, they think it's open! run through the open door. (laughs) But you know, when we're chasing after our grandkids, we're trying to catch up with them. And the first thing you do is pick them up and what? Hug them. And I just thought, when I think of his beauty and love, chase after me, surely in goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In other words, his beauty and love are chasing after you. He's trying to catch up with you. And, and just reveal to you, reveal himself to you and reveal how much he loves you and he's trying to get good things to you. He's not mad at you and turning his back on you and trying to take things away. And this is the next point I want to get to is full of mercy. The Bible shows us how he is full of mercy. So turn with me. We're still going to stay in Mark, but turn to chapter 10. And these are stories I'm sure that you've heard before. But Mark 10, we're going to look at 46 through 52. This is talking about a blind man named Bartimaeus. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard, I love this, again, he heard. He heard that it was Jesus, just like the woman with the issue of blood that heard about Jesus and the things that he would do. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. Did you know whenever faith speaks, there's always someone around you telling you to be quiet? Like, what are you saying? That's really weird. 
But I like this. They said, you need to be quiet. But they warned him, but he, he did what? In verse 48, so they warned him to be quiet. So what did he do that was social, socially etiquette? Some said he carried on all the more. What did you guys say over here? He, I love this, cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And I brought this up before, again, the culture we were raised in, it was told, you know, when you pray, you just pray once and that's it. And I love it that what I see is you can go to God more than once. He can handle it. He can handle it when we talk to him. But I love this. This man sought after the Lord, didn't he? He was seeking Jesus. He heard about him, and then he heard that he was near. And so this guy, what did he do? Can you just imagine? Like, hello, have you ever been out somewhere and somebody sees you? And, and they're like, ha, ha, you know. <laughs> And so this guy was like, I am going to pursue him. I'm going to seek after Jesus. So um, Jesus, this is verse 49. Jesus um, stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Isn't that awesome? What do you want me to do? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I love that. You know, there's something interesting here too. He heard about Jesus. He sought after Jesus. He was talking to Jesus. Do any of you take time to talk to Jesus and let him know what you want? Again, we were always taught that's wrong to ask the Lord what you want. But what I see in the Bible, he can handle it. And so praise the Lord. I love to spend time with him every morning talking to him. But I love this man. He heard about it. Then he knew he was there. He sought after him. And another thing, and I've heard many people bring this out, but it is very interesting. What, did, what do you think it meant when he took off the beggar's coat? I think he decided, you know what? Today, I'm going to have a new identity. You know what, that was really his livelihood. That's what people um, told them who he was, that he was a beggar. And I think he just decided, I've had enough of this lifestyle and I'm gonna have a new identity and I'm gonna seek wholeheartedly after the Lord and I am gonna get a new identity. And my life is gonna be different. I'm not just gonna be sitting in the dirt anymore. I'm gonna rise up. He's with me. Isn't that awesome? I love this. So we know that the Lord is full of mercy but I love that story, that he identified with what Jesus could do for him. Let's turn to Psalm 147. And we're going to look at just a couple of scriptures. This is Psalm 147, verse 11. And it says, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. The Lord takes pleasure in you. Turn with me to Psalm 86. There's a lot of scriptures, but we're just going to do a few tonight just to get you going here. So Psalm 86, verse seven, tells us in the day of trouble, I will call upon you for what will happen. I can call upon you and he will answer. For you will answer me. I like that. I don't know if you've ever tried to call somebody and you get nobody or you just get a machine. The good news is that when we call on the Lord, we get him and he talks directly to us. That's good, isn't it? I love that. 
You know, I've, I've talked about this too when both my husband have really interesting stories about when we were teenagers. My husband was involved in a, a Bible study where he heard the word and it just was a revelation to him that he didn't have to be sick, poor, or defeated. Well, when I was 13, my mom decided it was time for a change. And so I came home from school and she's like, we're going to go to that new church. And um, so the rumors about this new church was that people were swinging from chandeliers and rolling in the aisles. And as a teenager, I thought, this is going to be awesome. Let's go. And so, you know, it's just time for a change. My mother was seeking after the Lord at a whole another level. And there's so many more things to say, but what I loved about going to this church and walking through the glass doors, just like we have here, as soon as we opened up the doors immediately, it was like I was hit with a huge wave or a tsunami wave of just unconditional love. You could sense it. There was a manifestation of the working of the gifts of God. There's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the moment I opened the door, there was something different about this church. And um, anyway, just as we were in there and somebody was going around greeting, there was a light on this person's head, and it was the pastor. As he was going around, I could literally see a light on his head. And so I could sense all this and see all this, a big change from the traditional churches we had been in that taught you that God was way up there mad and ready to just strike you with lightning bolts and stuff like that. And, you know, well, what did you do wrong that you need prayer, you know, stuff like that. And so um, this is big change. And so anyway, it wasn't a very short time after that, whether it was that day or within a very short time, this pastor showed up at our home and had a check. And there's a lot of things that had been going on and um, we were out of money, out of food and all that. And I knew my mom had said nothing about anything So when this pastor showed up and said, God told me to bring this, I thought, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. He does talk to us, and he does love us. Because when I was a child, I always sensed that he was talking to me, and I could have a relationship with him, but no one else was saying that. And I thought, if I say anything, people are going to think I'm crazy. So it was so wonderful to go to a place where they acknowledged that, yes, There is a God, he is our father, and he wants to have a relationship with us, and he does talk to us. And um, when I was little, he told me, this is like I was little on the front lawn playing with my little toys, and the Lord told me, he said, I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I can remember saying, thank you. But like I said, nobody else was talking about it, and I thought, they'll think I'm crazy, because they weren't teaching that in the church. So when we went to that place, and another thing, I was really disappointed that there was no chandeliers. I did look up, and there was, like, no chandeliers. <laughs> I was like, man, there's no chandeliers. But anyway, it's like, we should hang up some chandeliers just for fun so we can just say we go to that church for chandeliers. I think we should do something like that. Just kidding, but anyway. So I just want to end with this last point. This is actually point six, but you know what? When God does something for us, we need to tell, tell other people about him. We need to share this amazing news. And so again, I love this story. This is in 2 Kings, and I think this is awesome. So when you speak up, when you see somebody's in need and you have the answer, and it's Jesus, we need to speak up and tell people that he can go to them 
whatever they need, and he will take care of it. So remember, last point here, share the good news with others. 2 Kings 5, you're probably there, and we're going to look at 1 through 14, but it said, now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. That was bad news back then. It's bad news. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. I find this interesting that this Jewish servant girl said, he needs to go and get healed. He can be touched. He can be delivered of leprosy. And so she spoke up and, and shared this news. And the, um, so then the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 changes of clothing. But then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have seen Naaman, my, or sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I... God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? But anyway, so it was Elijah in verse eight, the man of God heard, and he said, please let him come to me. But anyway, he, so this servant girl tells him, you need to go to the prophet. And he goes, but nothing happens the way he should. Have you ever believed God for something and it just didn't happen the way you should? Because in any way, so Naaman got offended. Don't ever get offended. But this is an amazing story, isn't it? He got offended and just skip down in verse 12 at the end. It says, so he went away in a rage. And I love it. This servant still keeps up in verse 13, came near and spoke to him saying, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean, like go to the river. So in verse 14, he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his age, and he came and stood before him and said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, and then it just says, take the gifts. But I just like it that he got all offended because it didn't happen the way he should. And this young person still said, you just need to do, if he says, do that, do that. And so, you know, we want to um, ask ourselves, who are you seeking? What are you seeking after? You know, I want to seek after the Lord. And we share these different things here where people that change their life, when we seek the Lord, it just dramatically changes our life, doesn't it? It's just awesome. And so um, I believe it was someone was telling me um, about a testimony. A lot of times we don't hear testimonies. Hen, you can run on up here. You're going to take up an offering here in just a bit, a minute. But sometimes when people come to our special um, services or special meetings, this actually happened at Rejoice last year. A lot of times we don't hear about it until maybe a year later. But um, Kevin was telling me about it, and he said someone brought their friend who had stage four cancer and got prayer. And the next time they went to the doctor, they couldn't find it anywhere. And so we want to keep, praise God. So when we seek him, 
The Lord changes our lives dramatically. And, um, and not only that, but we want to just believe him for the boldness to tell others about him, that, you know, there is a God, and he does love you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And he is full of mercy, and he has good things for us. And so I'm just going to conclude with this, and then we're going to take up an offering, and then... Um, We'll have an altar call, but this is just Psalm 145, 18 through 19. Again, this is just in conclusion. They'll have it up there for you. But I love this. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He, will, he also will hear their cry and save them. Isn't that a good word? I love that. I love spending time with God. So praise God, you have something. You- Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.